Welcome to the Three Haunted Podcast, where we bring you all things horror, supernatural, folklore, mythology, and all things that go bump in the night. Hey guys, this is your co-host Ashley, guerrilla girl filmmaker, lunar goddess, and cinephile. And I'm your co-host John Thomas, ghost hunter, super smartass, and film lover extraordinaire. What's up goals, gals, and metapals? In today's episode, we'll be taking a trip into dark, desolate forests, mucky swamplands, murky waters, and of course, New Jersey. Today, we're diving into the world of cryptids. We also have two special guests joining us today. Who? Stay tuned and find out. But first, a word from our network sponsor. Are you looking for more awesome podcasts? Head on over to withoutyourhead.com for access to the Without Your Head podcast network, where you'll find a variety of podcasts sure to keep you entertained and coming back for more. And I keep forgetting that I bring us back all the time. You do bring us back. Bring us back, John. Bring us back. Come back. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Friendly neighborhood smartass John Thomas here. Hi. Hi, Um, John. (laughs) Like Ashley said, we do have some special co-hosts as well today. Lila Kelly is coming back. Hello. Welcome back, Lila. Hi. (laughs) Thanks for having me. (laughs) And also new to the Three Haunted Show, special guest Bodie Werner of Mother Son Productions. Welcome. Why, thank you. Welcome, Bodie. Oh, happy to be here. How you doing? I am uh, ready for spooky, supernatural crazy stuff heck yeah mucky forest in jersey yes of course (laughs) (laughs) well we are so happy to have you here i am so happy to be there and here at the same time in this virtual world that we live in magic Um, that sounded very meta (laughs) i'm taking you to a place here and there at the same time where am and I? yet nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all at once. So yeah. one might say it's like e esoteric. Mm. I don't know. I'm gonna work on that. Digital teric. <laughs> yeah, I know. John's just cringing at me. <laughs> got the whole spectrum of emotions already. We got some already. raunchy humor going on. We got some cringe, spooktastic. I feel like raunchy and cringe just go hand in hand. They are uh, all on the same spectrum. Really. They're best friends. So tell us about yourself, Bobby. <laughs> well, uh, I'm a indie filmmaker and a writer. I just published a sci-fi horror novel, Northport 1999. And my screenplay on a totally different genre, nonfiction, just got selected for Catalyst. So those of you listening right now, hopefully I have won by the time you hear this, the screenplay competition. <laughs> I'm going to keep Our my fingers, fingers crossed. crossed. For you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've got it crossed for you. We hope, we hope you win too. I have had the pleasure of reading the book it's based on and phenomenal, phenomenal book. So yay. Yes. And I know that my mother would really appreciate me reminding you how helpful you've been. Um, <laughs> Ashley, for you guys out there, has helped my mother, Claire Cooley, hone her memoir. And it is a really intense, beautiful story. And I'm lucky to have been part of adapting it into a screenplay. 
and uh, Ashley really kicked ass giving us feedback on it through the writing process and she's a great team player Aw, you're making me blush. Don't stop. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Okay, <laughs> so the topic of today, thank you, by the way. Um, the topic of today is cryptids. So let's just jump into it because this is just like a weird, different kind of topic, but I absolutely love it. So when you hear cryptids, what is the first thing that comes to mind for you guys? Mothman. Absolutely <laughs> Mothman. Hands down. I don't know what it is. Mothman is number one for me. She's been waiting for this one. Trust I, me. I've been so excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have to know. Tell me about Mothman. Because I just know, like, the high level, but I feel like you've got more for me. I could see you've got more Ooh. for me. Ooh. So I do. <laughs> I do. So um, the first reported sighting of Mothman was on November 12th, 1966. So pretty much the story goes that grave diggers were working in the cemetery and just saw this massive creature. It was white-winged and about six or seven feet tall with bright red eyes. And past that, there were about eight sightings in the span of three days after that first claim. So it was just boom, boom, boom. Like, all at once, people were reporting this weird creature with these glowing eyes. And I always feel it's glowing eyes, no matter what cryptid you read about. Maybe that's just a trick of the light. Maybe that is actual glowing eyeballs but they're always glowing eyes so were all of these like um encounters or sightings were they all at night or is, is that the idea i would assume that they would all be at night um i wasn't able to get exact time stamps from this oh no i was just, i was just yeah. curious if they said because of the glowing eyes i wasn't sure like is it literally eyes that are glowing um you know just day night whatever or is this like a reflection of eyes you know what i mean because it's yeah nighttime. so i was just i was just curious <laughs> investigate exactly. i am my brain's like oh i gotta know so gotta do that deep dive so is this contemporary like do people still see mothman are there still sightings do you know? Um, I'm not sure about any recent sightings, recent being like 20 years or so, however you define recent. Um, yeah, but I know that there was the issue with the Silver Bridge in December of 1967. So that was when um, there were 46 casualties as a result of a failed I-bar joint in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. And it's theorized conspiracy theory however you want to phrase that that somehow mothman has like this connection to the failed joint bar on the bridge but there hasn't been any like evidence for that it's just all speculation which i think is really fascinating right like i think somebody had actually seen mothman before the bridge collapsed and they were on the bridge um oh. or getting ready to be on the bridge and then, yeah, so they kind of said, oh, Mothman did it. Mm. Richard Gere <laughs> said that. So everybody yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. of course. Yes. I actually mm -hmm. have been to Point Pleasant in West Virginia and Ooh. seen the Mothman Festival. Yes. Oh, I yes. can't say that I went there just for that. It was a coincidence, <laughs> but I went to the town. That's yeah. a happy coincidence. That is though. a very good coincidence. So, you know, life-size Mothman replicas and Mothman swag, and they have a whole street fair. And 
a, I think a statue in town of like Mothman. So mm-hmm. they're super into it. They're they're leaning in hard. They love it there. Yeah, they embrace it. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's super interesting to see. Is like there's these tragedies that's associated with this cryptid, with this being, but it's still celebrated and it still brings in income and helps the economy in West Virginia because it is a tourist type of thing to look at to go see the statue to go to these festivals so I think that West Virginia they I mean they just make the most of it and kind of turn tragedy into something good it kind of like is I know it's completely different but it almost reminds me of when I went to Roswell like just how they embrace this you know this is a crash site and the aliens and that should be terrifying right and in, it's now embraced and it's part of the tourism. They're just like, yeah, come see our alien stuff and come visit the site where it crashed. And it just, I thought that was really neat to see a town embrace something that was originally terrifying. And now it's just like, it's part of who we are. And honestly, when I was doing research on cryptids, I found a lot of places do that. And it's not right when it happens. So it's not like, okay, someone's making it up to increase tourism. It's just these towns that have gotten used to this creature or the supernatural folklore are like, well, let's embrace it so it doesn't terrify us. We're just going to accept it. And then they monetize on it. <laughs> yeah, it's their, it's their main export over in uh, Point Pleasant. <laughs> their, their main tourist attraction. There you go. All right, what about you, Johnny John? What, when you hear cryptids, what do you think of? I mean, obviously, being here from Colorado and being surrounded by mountains, pretty much Bigfoot. Okay. Who hasn't heard about Bigfoot? For you, like with Bigfoot, what do you what do you believe in with Bigfoot? I don't know. I'm on the fence about Bigfoot. I'm not sure if I actually believe it's out there, but there's got to be something out there that somebody's seen, because I mean, they're still reporting this. Like there was a report in 2009, I think was the latest i'm sure there was more but like when i was looking up september 1st somebody in rifle colorado had actually seen um this lady was driving it was early in the morning she was driving to work and she had coffee obviously she's trying to wake up go to work drinking her coffee but she still felt groggy so she pulled over to the side of the road got out of the car for some fresh air and she noticed like there was movement in the meadow kind of next to the to the road and immediately thought of a bear because well you're in the woods and she's like, then it stood up on two legs and its arms were down to the side like a person. So she's like, eh, this is not a bear. And she said, this is the funny part. She said it actually had large breasts. <laughs> so it was a female Bigfoot, I guess. I female Bigfoot. And there you go. With I mean, boobs. it's, you know, if Bigfoots have been, big feet, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> big feet have been sighted <laughs> for hundreds and thousands of years, I mean, yes. it would make sense that they're either one, immortal, or two, Right. They're propagating. In which case, if they're mammalian, um, that would probably, they follow our rules of species procreation. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know that. I'm just going out on a limb here. Um, and so I would think that, like, yeah, there probably should be some big feet women to counterpart the, you know, Bigfoot men. <laughs> it's only natural, of course. When you have a, a herd of big feet, there's going to be some big boobs in there. Big yep. boobs. Yes. I mean, it makes sense. Bigfoot, big boob. But um, <laughs> and maybe that's, that's what, what the women, should, the, the like female of the species should be called. You have your Bigfoot, those are the males, and then big boob, those are 
the females. <laughs> You're so immature. Hard to argue with logic. <laughs> I'm so immature. I mean, I would never disagree with that. Um, I'm so maturely immature. So the one thing I did find interesting is that they have an actual website. Did you guys find that? Like a website for Bigfoot sightings? It's an official yes. website where yeah. any Bigfoot sighting you have should be reported on this registry. Mm. So they keep tracking it and maintaining it, and they have, like, this big, complex map of the world and to track, like, official Bigfoot sightings. But they also have Bigfoot sound recordings, so you could submit your sound recordings. And for me, I feel like that would be a lot more difficult to prove or disprove. Right. Like, just mm-hmm. the sound. You can't say anything, yeah. but here's the sound. Trust me. I it's saw a it. I got a Trust perfect. Me. Yeah, there was a Bigfoot out there. I had my microphone. Thank goodness. You know, and I got this perfect <laughs> recording, but I only had my cell phone camera, so it was a really blurry picture. Yeah. But just sound quality is great. Yes. That makes sense, though. If you're out, for, um, like people have video devices, so people are GoProing themselves. And I guess it's possible to pick up because, you know, the sound echoes through the forest to hear it but not see it. I'm like, what the hell am I hearing? But to that same I guess, and it's like, how do you know that's like, how is it? Well, that's definitely a Bigfoot, guys. <laughs> like that wailing, warbling, warbling is a Bigfoot because like, right. like, that can't be anything else. Couldn't have been a moose in heat right. or a bear <laughs> or... Or a bird, a weird bird. It's a weird bird. It's, it's Bigfoot, guys. It was Bigfoot. It's all Bigfoot. So. And big boobs. <laughs> and big boob. It's Bigfoot big boobs making big babies. Um, <laughs> it's big feet, guys. Big feet. Okay. Ah, uh, yes. Big feet and big boobs making big babies. There. Better? <laughs> Gotta be correct but, on this. But I did find it interesting on the um, registry website. It, they have, like, um, you can basically get registered to go on Bigfoot hunting trails. We're not going to hunt it, but just trying to spot them. And I found it interesting that 99% of these expeditions – are along like the Appalachian Trail, all the way from Georgia up to up through up towards Massachusetts, which I found that interesting because it's like, is that where Bigfoot lives? Um, because that's where all of these sightings are. Is it like chicken or the egg? Are they going to the trail because you know that's where the most Bigfoot sightings are, or are they just like that's a trail that most people are on? Yes, exactly. So it's just it was interesting because I wasn't quite sure. And then there were two that deviated from that, though. One was in Missouri and one was in Montana. Montana made sense to me, but I wasn't quite sure how Missouri fit in there. It was just kind of like random. Missouri kind of seems like a, an outcast right there. Mm. Yeah, a little outlier. Well, I mean, the first footage was from, what, 1967, and it was in Northern California, so... Right, and the first historical record was 1904, Oregon. So it's just kind of, there's there's a wide range. That makes sense, though, because, like, that's all following very wooded, isolated areas. Um, Northern California, like, you get, um, that's more, like, towards, like, the Yosemite and the Redwoods, and so that that makes sense. I'm still trying to wrap my head around, like, how does Missouri make sense? (laughs) <laughs> yeah i don't I missouri don't doesn't make sense it's a pit stop on the way over at all <laughs> he was trekking from oregon to the appalachian trail i don't know <laughs> bro was on a mission man i don't know road trip hey 
he's he's got big feet you know they're probably good for walking big <laughs> feet and big dreams Thank i you. like that <laughs> oh, i actually really like that, that um awesome. what about you Bodie? when you hear cryptids what do you think well i come here on a fact-finding mission gathering material for my next novel so i decided to dive deep into the literature and the archives and go in search of information and i thought there's the loch ness monster is there a lake monster near me i happen to live on the shore of lake superior in duluth minnesota and there is in fact a record of such a creature so I went on the prestigious cryptids.fandom.com wiki and I found <laughs> Pressy, which Pressy, oh, Pressy. <laughs> I find it interesting that lake monsters all have Essie in their name. Loch Ness, mm -hmm. Pressy, there's a few others. Tessie in uh, Lake Tahoe. Yes, right. There was Wessie. <laughs> they must have traded notes. They must be family members. Okay. <laughs> I think, honestly, that it's probably we started with uh, the Loch Ness Monster and then people just kind of paid homage to, like, Lake Monsters. So everybody they piggyback off of that. <laughs> Loch Ness was the OG. Yeah, that's a good question. We'll have to look at the records. When was Loch Ness first recorded? Because my pressy over here allegedly citing, the first sighting was in the 1800s. Ooh. Yeah, near Duluth, no less. A man fell overboard on his yacht after hitting a rock, and he got attacked by the creature, so says he. But when was it named? Because mm. I think it could have been sighted around the same time, but when did they actually name um, this creature? The, uh, the official record is not as detailed as one would like. Perhaps it's been redacted by the powers that be. <laughs> be naming lake monsters? Yes. Lake Superior is technically accessible to both the Pacific and Atlantic Oceans. So my lake monster could come from anywhere, really. That's true. So, yes. And I like that you're saying my lake monster. Gotta rep it. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, Lake Tahoe, so Tahoe Tessie, was, I think the first sighting was dated to be in the 19th century. So same thing, people describing snake-like creatures. Long neck, humped back, swims really fast, um, fast enough that it can keep up with sailboats. Really weird, like people come up with different ideas and superstitions about these things because according to folklore, Tessie sightings are always more common on even-numbered years than odd-numbered years. Mm. And it's like, oh. How strange. Well, okay, so I guess this isn't the year. So maybe next year I'll have to head out and see if I can find that lake monster. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there I'm you not go. superstitious. I'm a little stitious. <laughs> a little. Yeah, I was waiting Just for a little. As the there inimitable is. Michael Scott bit. would say. Yes. yes. <laughs> Normal stitious. Well, it's funny because you said, you know, obviously – Tahoe Tessie, my brain, thinking food, heard Taco Tessie, so I'm like, let's go, tacos. Taco Tuesday. <laughs> what are y'all doing after this? Yeah. Now I want tacos. You're welcome. Yes. Well, for oh, a goodness. little transition, to take that transition south of the border, my actual favorite is El Chupacabra. Yes. And that yes. is because... 
I find the rough translation to be hilarious. The goat sucker. <laughs> goat sucker. <laughs> yep. That's actually when I think of cryptids, that's my first thought is chupacabra and also just because like that's what i was introduced to as a kid like the folklore of the chupacabra and like i didn't know that it was considered like what cryptids are and what it was it's just like that's what i grew up being told about and taught and for me i'm like oh hell no the chupacabras were real it's real okay (laughs) yeah i mean you know for me uh coming from what i write about perhaps these are scientific experiments gone wrong who knows Maybe they've got, they were scientific experiments gone right. Somebody was trying to mix a goat with a dude <laughs> to figure out what would happen, and you get a goat sucker monster that kills other goats. You never know. Like The vampire creature that hides in the trees and eats goats. Um, you know what I find interesting is that um, a lot of these creatures can be found in different countries. And we've talked about this, I think, in season one, John, where, like, telephone, the game of – not even telephone, um, so much as the names may vary by region, but people are all talking about a very similar thing. Yes. And especially, and it's interesting, especially back in the day when you really don't have like a computer for this information to be spreading across. So it's like, how are these things popping up around the same time, the 18th, 19th century, when we don't really have Facebook to be posting about it to spread that information? And yet they're popping up in Europe and the U.S. and, you know, different places are all having the same kind of creature because there are lake monsters, dragon-like, that are, you know, talked about in, oh my gosh, probably 6th century in Japan. You have lake monsters being talked about in different countries that are snake-like. And it's like, okay, they're all seeing something very similar. And I'm not saying it's, you know, a monster snake living in a lake. Hey, that kind of rhymes. Um, <laughs> but maybe it's a monster snake living in a lake. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's really interesting because, I mean, while we're on the subject subject of Loch Ness, I mean, Canada alone has numerous variations of their own Loch Ness, which are all ending in S-E and things like that, except for, like, one or two. Like, they've got so many and i believe that there was also one somewhere near africa as well and so it's interesting to see that like like you're saying these different parts around the world all have similar sightings similar experiences that doesn't seem like coincidence to me yeah and i mean you see that with these different cryptids and the same thing with like bigfoot so in brazil and uh, bolivia they have the mapanguari and you read the description and it's like well, that's a fucking Bigfoot. <laughs> like we could, you know, it's a tall creature covered in hair. It's huge. Theirs is like thick red fur. Although theirs is a little bit more kind of creepy because the the hands have curved claws, but it very much is an ape like creature, and it's huge and it's covered in fur. I think theirs is a little bit more creature like because when it's approached by humans, I think you were mentioning it. Lila, or was it John, where it's like it was on all fours, but as soon as someone approached it, yeah. stood up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people are like, well, that must be a bear. And they're like, no, that was not a bear. <laughs> <laughs> not a bear, no. <laughs> so, um, 
that's interesting that you have that and like with the chupacabra it's described one way but then i think in russia and the philippines and different other countries they have descriptions of something that it's the chupacabra it has different names but it's the same description and it's like ooh, what are we seeing Mm. like what are people in these different countries seeing because they're seeing the same thing and that's not to say it's like this metaphysical supernatural creature from another dimension (laughs) but maybe there is something scientifically speaking out there that maybe hasn't been discovered yet or hasn't you know been established yet and so it's just like yeah there's this vampire goat sucker out there (laughs) (laughs) casual very casual it's also possible That there's like hallucinogens all over the planet. <laughs> I considered that when you said uh, hallucinogens. I considered that when um, Lila was talking about the Mothman, um, and that's why I'd asked, are there recent sightings? Because within the same small amount of time, short amount of time, people were seeing the same thing, and then it's not to be seen again. Where yeah. were they, and what was in the area at the time that maybe they were all hallucinating off the same thing? Now that begs the question, how are they hallucinating the same thing? <laughs> right. <laughs> Mass hallucinations do occur. Yes. So. And what if it's a creature that excretes hallucinogenic fungal <laughs> spores into the air? You know? Very yeah. smelly creature. <laughs> I like that I'm idea. I mean, that's not yes. far off of reality. There are plants out there that do that. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of a smelly creature, though, I know Lila's got the same one on here, but uh, and I'll let her tell it. But there's the uh, the skunk ape. So the skunk ape has been um, described as Florida's Bigfoot, which <laughs> I just think is hilarious. Um, but maybe that's just me. Uh, skunk ape. So is he really the hashtag Florida man? Oh. I mean, could be. The Florida man of legend. Yes. Not folklore, but legend. Legend. Um, so... As it is assumed, the uh, Florida Bigfoot was named after its pungent scent because everyone who has seen it, which the first sightings began in the 60s and 70s, said that it smelled very terrible. And it's got black fur, and again, we've got glowing red eyes. Glowing eyes, a common theme here. Um, So in uh, 1974, Dade County had several reports in the span of a short time. I'm not quite sure what that timeline looked like. And then in 2000, the Sarasota Sheriff's Office received two anonymous photos showing a large aped-like creature, which is thought to be the skunk ape. My hesitancies with this is the anonymous photos. The fact that these pictures were sent in, no context, no word no face-to-face interaction so it kind of begs the question of how reliable is this and can we say that there have actually been sightings and documentation to prove the existence of of this version of bigfoot but i don't know what do you guys think in i would think that if there were actual photographs or whatever somebody would want credit for that right i mean who doesn't want to be famous for something well, perhaps you think you're in on some sort of government conspiracy and you don't want to endanger you or your loved one's lives True. over getting the truth out there. Fair. You know? and there you go. And the truth is out there. There can be only so many X-Files. Yes, I want to believe. 
I love that show. <laughs> if we want to talk about strange um, animals, we can talk about the Loveland Frog or the Frogman, <laughs> which I think um, is an interesting one. So the Loveland Frog is from Loveland, Ohio. And is described as a humanoid frog that is about four feet tall. So the first sighting was March of 1972. Um, Loveland police officer says that he witnessed a leathery-skinned frog-like creature crossing the road. Um, a few weeks later, Mark Matthews, also a police officer, said that he found it laying in the road that this frog creature tried to get up. And so he shot and killed the frog. Oh. Which is a bit extreme. Yeah. Perfect evidence, though, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. What's the evidence of this? Leathery skinned, a bipedal frog with, guess what? Glowing eyes. <laughs> oh, yes. Did you know, Um, actually, before you go off of the glowing red eyes, so um, that's a thing. That's not like, I think people see glowing red eyes and they think of scary monsters, rightfully mm-hmm. so. That's like, wow, my eyes don't glow red, so that's got to be terrifying. But, um, there is actually a biological um, explanation for that. So glowing red eyes, a lot of creatures have a reflective layer in the back of their retinas called a tapetum lucidum. And so when light hits it, it actually reflects back. So it could actually come across as red. Mm-hmm. So it's just to help them see better at night in low low light scenarios. So we're looking at these creatures, their eyes are glowing, but chances are what are we using to look at them? We're probably reflecting light on them in some way. So it may just be reflecting that light back with that red. So it's maybe not actually glowing mm-hmm. versus reflecting. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I mean, I feel like it's just like house cats. House cats during the dark or, you know, when you're in the dark at night is they're terrifying to look at because you see nothing. You see nothing and then you see glowing eyes and you're like, oh, I have a cat. We're good here. Yeah, but people do it too. You can get people's eyes to reflect light. Um, I've done it. You've seen it in Blade Runner. Yeah, Lila, you mentioned cats. So um, this past weekend I went camping and I heard a a, a slow creeping, like a very, very, it was very intentional. It was very creeping. Something was trying to sneak up on me while I'm like stargazing at midnight outside of my tent. And I shined, I had my cell phone light. So it's not like I had a powerful flash flashlight, like a heavy duty one. I had my cell phone light. And I was like trying to shine it in the area that I heard the noise and um, I couldn't see anything at first. I thought it was a person, honestly, from like at the campsite over trying to keep creep up on me. And I'm like, okay, now I'm gonna have to fuck somebody up. But nope, nothing. And I'm just like, okay, well, I don't know what that is. And I hear the sound kind of move um, across from me. So I like track my light again. And when I tracked my light in front of me, I thought I was reflecting off of somebody's headlamp at first because it was just one like thing and it was red. It was a- an actual red reflection. So I'm thinking I'm picking up someone's because, you know, some headlamps have like the red covers over them. So I'm like, oh, I'm reflecting off of somebody's headlamp as I like I like I think that's someone's headlamp. It turns head on and I realized that's not a headlamp. Those are two eyes. and um those are eyeballs and it's again it had looked red at first um when it went head on it still looked reddish but it's now like no those are eyes those are eyeballs and then it moved kind of like at a diagonal so its full body kind of came into view 
And it was like, that's a big feline. That is a big kitty cat. He's a mountain lion. Like, <laughs> oh, that was gosh. a mountain lion. And I could tell um, based on it's like, had a really long tail. Its body structure was very large, haunches, you know, the head shape. And it's just like, okay, if I didn't know what mountain lions looked like, and because, you know, I come from Colorado, like, if I didn't know what mountain lions look like, and let's take that hundreds of years ago, because mountain lions aren't common in, you know, they're not common in Northern California, like interactions. You're not going to see them on the daily. Most people don't see them ever in person so it's like okay if I lived here hundreds or thousands of years ago and that came into my path and all I saw at night were the red eyes and this big shape what would I think that is yep chupacabra skunk ape man chupacabra <laughs> came to I mean granted it's not standing up on his hind legs or it's two feet ape-like so um, I wouldn't necessarily say humanoid but it was reflecting red, red eyes. Yeah. And so if this was hundreds of years ago, I might think it's a demon. It's a demon in the form of a cat coming to eat and, you know, take my soul. So, Or it's the neighbor lady that you hate. She's a demon at night. She's a shapeshifter. Yes. And when you hear about shapeshifters and like skinwalkers and stuff like that, you know, they oftentimes are described as predators, right? Like uh, big tigers or big wolves. And it's like, maybe these are just very big wolves or mountain lions or <laughs> like maybe that's actually what they are but because they're being seen at night with the red eyes like we give it a supernatural vibe all a matter of perspective oh yeah and isn't the chupacabra i know that the x-files episode which introduced me to it it's like a werewolf dude turns into the chupacabra so it's like a man thing like isn't the uh, the canon lore of historical uh documentation isn't it like a more like a dog creature like a four-legged thing it depends um some people are like it lives up in the trees in mexico it is more of the dog creature which is actually interesting because i think the government took it so seriously government's disproving it i don't know how i feel about that <laughs> um because it's like are they trying to make us not believe for a reason um <laughs> They found that a lot of the cases that were being reported in the year that they were investigating it, it was actually cases of wild dogs that had very bad mange. And if you know how mange mm -hmm. affects animals, I know Lila does, that, that can. That can make something look very uncomfortably creature, demon-like. and Very gruesome. Yes. It's possible. Yeah. Awesome. Mange is a thing, and it makes them very smelly. So maybe we have some kind of creature with the skunky <laughs> who has mange. Yes. And that's why they're so stinky. Because have you ever smelled mange? That's disgusting smell. Like. So, how? okay, who has been killed by Bigfoot? Do we have any unsolved deaths, tramplings, bites? I don't think I've seen anything about it. Not that I'm honestly. aware. No. Mm, cover up, for sure. <laughs> cover up. So... In Mexico, we have the doggies that are the chupacabras, the big doggies. But in the British Isles, we have the shuck. They're like big black dogs that supposedly they haunt rural towns and villages. It's like a huge doggie. Legend has it that in 1577, these dogs swarmed a church. One of the huge dogs burst through the church, killed a man, his son, and like started just destroying the church. 
and then it left the church. But as it left the church, it left scorch marks in the wood of the church door that can still be seen to this day. So that adds a little bit of a creepy supernatural twist, right? Because it's not just like a wild dog attack. Like this dog's paws left burn marks in the in the door. Which makes me wonder, why did it put its paws on the door? Was like it trying to exit it like as a person? Because you think it would just run, it, like if it burst through, the door was open. So unless like the door was on the ground and it stepped on it. Like I don't, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> just Kool-Aid man style, burst through the door. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so that was that was interesting. I like I like when you hear about these cryptids and they add these like little lore twists that it's like, ooh, that's creepy. I like it. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah. There's that X factor. Sprinkle that in there. Yeah. That that makes it palatable. That makes it like you, you want to keep that going. Versus, yeah, this dog came in <laughs> into the church. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Big like black dog. Have fire paws. That's what the, I want to know. Fire paws. <laughs> I want to know. Yeah. One might say he dropped the door. He dropped it like it was hot. Oh. <laughs> I feel like there are a lot of dog-like creatures, and I okay. I'm gonna butcher this. So any Irish listeners, anyone from Ireland, I am so sorry for what's about to happen. <laughs> so, um, Ireland has this otter slash hound hybrid called the Duarchu. Duarchu? I am so sorry. Formal apology, Ireland. <laughs> Ireland. There's a B in there, but the B is not in the pronunciation. But like, is it less offensive if you give it like an Irish accent? The Duarchu, yeah. <laughs> du- 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 Duarchu. Yeah, so Ireland has this <laughs> massive hound otter hybrid that's said to be about approximately seven feet long um so in 1722 there was this woman named grace Connolly, and she was washing her clothes in the lake when this massive creature jumped out of the water and mauled her to death so her husband tear saw this happen killed the beast that did it and this beast let out this massive cry and it alarmed a second creature that was lurking in the water and that of creature course. jumped out and chased the husband off, so the husband lived to tell the tale. But after that, it just kind of goes a bit blank. So that falls into, like, this sighting-slash-folklore kind of debate where can we believe that this is an actual reporting or is this more of a story? Because it goes blank until 2000 when there was a supposed sighting in a lake on Omi, Ome Island. But going from the 1700s all the way to 2000, not really any cases, not really a whole lot of evidence, any sightings or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So what happened for 300 years? Yeah, yeah. So this is an otter thing? Yeah, a massive otter. So it's Ireland's crocodile is also what I heard it referred to as. Oh, wow. So it's, it's another furry, like, being, semi-aquatic. How otterly atrocious. <laughs> oh, finger guns. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Bad joke of the Bad. day. So I'm half Irish, so I can say this slightly offensive thing. Um, they say it's a massive otter, but Irish people are, you know, historically notoriously pretty short. So <laughs> Maybe it wasn't as big as it's. <laughs> it's a normal-sized <laughs> otter. 
Or it's just kind of a big otter. <laughs> so maybe it wasn't seven feet. <laughs> right. I mean, I guess size is perspective. So <laughs> to your point, maybe it was a regular sized otter. <laughs> we didn't ask how big the person was that found it. So. <laughs> that is fair. Grace, um, how tall are you? Watching this yes. from beyond. <laughs> how tall Forgive were you? Us. Do, do not smite us. Ashley doesn't need any more EVPs coming through while she's <laughs> editing, so... Okay, we'll, get, we'll send them this way. Grace, are you a leprechaun? Like, is, there, is a leprechaun a cryptid? Ooh. Oh, now... Ah. Yes. <laughs> it's an animal that is alleged to exist. And it's, it's humanoid. It seems to be the, the commonality. Did you guys know that in the Philippines... They have the um, the aslong. It's like a shapeshifter, but it covers like five different categories of like it's an umbrella term for five different categories. So like a vampire-like creature, um, a self-segmenting viscera sucker. Whoa. That's a mouthful, right? That's what she said. Um, ah. That like that's a lot. <laughs> but then also it can cover were dogs. We've talked about those, um, witches and ghouls. So it seems like they're seeing a lot of the same creatures, but instead of giving each one a name, they're just like, Aswang. Like, <laughs> that's what it is. That's what we're sticking to. It all it all just envelops it. But um, I find it interesting. The Ahu is like a huge-ass bat. It's like three to four meter wingspan, yes. meter tall body, um, but it has like people-like legs and um batman it's an unclassified bat yes it's a batman exactly <laughs> um instead of a hool i'm gonna call it bruce so bruce here bruce. i guess that like what's interesting is scientists actually say that like it's plausible to exist like that out of all the cryptids they're like i that might be a thing because where it's like sighted and there aren't many sightings but where it has been sighted is also in the part of the world where like the largest bats tend to be found anyways <laughs> so it's possible that like hey it's just the world's lar largest bat that hasn't been like fully caught documented or whatever yet sure with people legs yeah the flying foxes are huge and right is that what they're called those like the largest bats yeah. flying foxes or that might just be their like fun name <laughs> is their fun name their common name yeah <laughs> their nickname we all have nicknames um, but yeah, I think that's interesting. Um, to your point, Lila, though, about like why are the sightings so spaced out? Like that's a long time to not see these things. But for me, I almost think like that's more disturbing because one section of sightings, like to Bodhi's point, maybe hallucinogenics in the environment. Mm -hmm. But like <laughs> when it's hundreds years later or thousands, like hey, here it comes again. It's like whoa, where were you this whole time? waiting <laughs> and is there more of you that we haven't seen or like more types of creatures that are maybe living beneath the surface or somewhere else that we just don't know about yet i'm gonna scare myself <laughs> yeah these are the questions that keep me up at night keep you writing all your awesome novels mm -hmm. and like the skeptic in me the science person um i'm not gonna call myself a scientist but the person who lends themselves to more scientific um, theories than I do like the supernatural theories I think about just we go back to like people arrogance we think we know every animal and creature out there but everything is a cryptid in theory mm -hmm. if we're going off of just definition everything is a cryptid until we name it 
right, until we find the bones, we find it alive, and we name it. But even realistically, we don't have to find it alive because last I checked, we didn't find the dinosaurs alive, and we have lots of names for them. So bones, too. Pictures, bones. bones. Yeah. Yes, and so until we find, like, skeletons of these things and we give a classification and a name to it, then it's like, okay, that's real, and so that's okay, but it's like, these cryptids might be real, might be creatures that are few and far between that we just haven't found bones of or named them yet. I don't know. And if I was a funny-looking, furry, stinky dude off in the woods, <laughs> I wouldn't want to join humanity. I'd want to stay hidden as long as I could. If I was a, a cuddly little seven-foot otter monster <laughs> i'd hide a, for a, a thousand years two thousand years i, I don't blame them monster. for being so well hidden people suck i don't know if it's cuddly <laughs> i mean it did maul this woman to death and it's made supposedly did try to maul the hug supposedly allegedly allegedly you know what i'd like to believe in the uh in the However you want to pronounce that. Right. <laughs> Ireland's crocodile. And I struggle with the um, mammal creatures, the mammalian land creatures, being hidden as long as they have, given how advanced our technology and tracking has become. I struggle with that being like, okay, they're out there. Um, it's still plausible, but it becomes a little bit more difficult because, like, to stay hidden in this day and age, even if you're off the grid when you're specifically looking for something like Bigfoot. When it comes to the water ones or like the ones living in deep caves, that makes more sense because we don't really do a lot of exploration in those areas. There's only so far we can go. And so it's just like, okay, that makes sense. Maybe there's some creatures in the bottom of the ocean or in sections of water we haven't explored yet or in deep caverns that we just haven't gotten to yet because there's absolutely zero light. Like that makes sense. Okay. We barely just recently discovered within the past few years that way deep down in the belly of the earth in caves are creatures that have evolved, which totally makes sense, without eyeballs, without the need for anything like like that. And it's like, okay, that sounds creepy. We've seen movies that play off of that where people are like, yeah, there's these creepy creatures with no eyes. Ooh. And then we find out, oh, hey, that's real because they don't biologically need it. Mm -hmm. Not as scary. Yeah. Okay. Um. So the water stuff, like the lake monsters and the the cuddly otter, <laughs> cuddly <laughs> seven death. foot otter, the death, yes, otter, otter of death. Um, that makes a little bit more sense that they could be very real, and we just haven't been able to explore where they maybe come from. But Bigfoot, I have a hard time with. Well, if you if you go with the water thing, you got turtles and you got <laughs> whales. And we have a lot of trouble tracking them and seeing their whole lifespan and where they go when they're not terrestrial or close to the shore. So say Bigfoot, his fur coat is really like an otter fur, you know, like he has fur the same reason an otter has fur or a seal. And that's just like the once in a thousand years he comes to land. And Bigfoot's actually an amphibious creature that just has a whole lot more time in the water than we're used to. That's a theory. Hey, that could be because we don't, we're, like you said, we're basically blind in the water. Yeah, we are. And I mean, we are blind to caves too. Like if Bigfoot's this cave dwelling 
and he only comes out occasionally because he lives so far in like that would make sense what if he is a cave creature versus a woods creature and so he lives deep in mountains and there's animals in there to subsist like he can live off of so it's like maybe maybe we just don't see him because he's living in areas we don't venture to we as humans don't really go into these caves unless we're mining them so that might explain it too the water in which if he's a water creature though and he's hairy and he's man-like would he be more like a mermaid Maybe he is what they were talking about, those sailors of old. You know, they saw furry big, they saw foot, big, foot. big boobs, and they were like, big boobs. that's the woman of my dreams. That's a mermaid. Mm-hmm. Mer boobs. There you um, go. There you go. <laughs> we're just trying to explain it. I mean, right now, we got, we got our alleged facts, and we're trying to fill in the gaps. You know. Well, I mean, I think about the seven creatures that used to be cryptids considered not real and people thought like there's no way they could be real and like the komodo dragon that was one of them they had to go bring back live ones for to people to believe like that was a real thing um the platypus mm-hmm. which if you've ever seen like if you've ever seen a komodo dragon they're massive lizards you don't want to bring those things back they're mean <laughs> i know exactly and and the platypus but the one because we were talking about a lot of creatures that are like they sound like a mixture of creatures right and it's like oh my gosh science experiment or not real but there is actually the okapi the forest giraffe that looks like a zebra donkey deer and antelope all mixed together yeah jesus yeah <laughs> and they're so cute yeah and it's real but people they are it was really hard to prove them real because they're rarely seen like bigfoot but they're real they exist and yeah thing that's kind of the nail in the coffin of cryptids is they're all like horribly scary except for (laughs) the ones that turn out to be real like this little ferret creature with a duck bill like it's not gonna hurt anybody you know they didn't nobody believed that yeah it was this thing was gonna have a duck bill with fur and four legs and lay eggs but it turned out to be real but but everybody else all these cryptids are like they're man-eaters, you know? They're scary. Only a few of them. Because think about all the ones we've talked about. Like, the Loch Ness Monster and all those lake monsters. Like, we have giant squids. Why can't we have giant water snakes? And the giant squid was a cryptid up until, you know, like in Japan there were a few sightings and they were actually able to find a giant squid. So it's like giant lake monsters sound terrifying. And I think that's what it is. They're scary and people put these scary connotations onto them because they don't know how to process it Hmm. so like mangy dog you're a goat sucker maybe maybe they were eating the goats in the area but i don't think they were draining them of their blood like in this like supernatural ritualistic demon manner and the same thing with skinwalkers right we've talked about skinwalkers before where it's like animals are being found mauled dead like completely just eaten up and it's like well maybe you just have very mangy animals or rabid animals going at other animals and because we don't know how to explain it, we put these like very scary concepts onto it because religion, right? A lot of people view things through their religious lenses and they're like, it's a demon. It's the devil. I know it's the devil. And so it's just like, okay, it was the devil. Its eyes were red. Well, now with science, we know why things reflect red light. But no, it was a demon. Lucifer was there. I saw him. The devil. So I don't. It's the devil. <laughs> the devil. <laughs> I saw Goody Proctor dancing exactly. with the devil. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, that darn Goody. But I dance with the devil, too. Just kidding. 
Yeah, I liked meeting your Appalachian uh, personality there. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, thank you. I'm preparing to go meet Bigfoot and Big Boob. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> there you go. Just one, just yep. one big boob. Just one big uniboob. Not two. Um, That's scary. <laughs> there you go. It fits. <laughs> it fits. That's you know, very there's scary. supposed to be scary things. So, um, cause yeah, I mean, we have the less but, scary cryptids. Yeah. Like, yes, we're talking about the more scary ones, cause it's those are fun in my opinion. They're more fun, and I think that's why people do it. It's not a conscious thing, but I think people put scary things onto them because it does spike our adrenaline. It does like thrill us that's just like people going to like to go into haunted houses and you know during halloween it's like people like to be scared except I, for ashley i don't do real haunted houses or wait i guess i don't do fake ones either because i accidentally punch people but oh. realistically <laughs> unless you give me five shots of fireball if you don't know what i'm talking about visit season one <laughs> <laughs> Season one. (laughs) Exactly. There you go. Episode two, in fact. Yeah, John knows all the episodes. Um, He's got it down. I love it. Well, and I mean, there are like very scary cryptids. But, you know, listen, I don't find a humanoid frog to be scary. The Jersey Devil, though. Ooh, nice segue. I mean, you did mention the devil. The devil. It was the devil. (laughs) (laughs) I was holding on to that segue. I really yes. <laughs> I like the segue. Tell us about the Jersey yes. Devil. Described as a flying kangaroo-like creature with either a horse or a goat head. It has leathery bat-like wings, horns, small arms like a T-Rex. I added the T-Rex part. Um, legs with hooves and a forked tail. Wow. What in the holy hell? <laughs> What a great question. <laughs> I was I was trying to visualize that. <laughs> look it oh, up. There, look it up. There's look pictures. It up. Yeah, there's pictures. It's not Yeah, it's like someone just got very drunk and said, "We'll just move this here. Put this. This is a good picture. This here." No, I think someone got very mushroom tripped there because for that. But in the 1700s? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, right. wild wild mushrooms? You think that hallucinogenic okay, yes. mushrooms just no, occurred? Right. Well, been spinning right. around. Right. Everything is edible once. <laughs> yeah, At least. Including people. <laughs> oh, coming through oh. with the horror. There. I was thinking mushrooms. Yeah, well. Yeah, she took down a whole other. Mushrooms, people, <laughs> whatever. You know, it's all the same. Yeah. Not. They're both meaty. Ah, but um. Ah. <laughs> But I'm not going to put people on a pizza. Oof. Why not? I mean, don't knock it till you try it. You wouldn't put mushrooms on a pizza either. You hate mushrooms. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but going back to the whole Jersey Devil there. So this lady, her name was Mother Leeds. She had 12 kids. After finding out she was pregnant again, she cursed the 13th child, saying, this child's going to be the devil. Devil. Because your other 12 weren't? Like, what the hell? Plus, keep your legs closed. Gross. Hey. Um, no. Just sex saying. shaming. Twelve kids. It takes. No. But it's twelve a, kids. There's two parties involved in that. Thank True. you, Bodie. Thank you. It keep was it the 17th century. And keep your Peter in your pants. <laughs> you tell him. <laughs> yeah, get him. Otherwise, you'll have the devil. No. You'll have thirteen children. <laughs> but it was like in 1735, she gave birth to a normal child. She had friends over to kind of, you know, witness and help with the birth and all of that fun stuff. 
Um, but then all of a sudden, the child changed into the creature that we just described. And uh, as it was flopping around, it beat everybody with its tail and flew up the chimney and out the fucking out. Just gone. <laughs> out the out. Out the out. Out the fucking out. That's a hell of a way to make an entrance and an exit. Yeah. Right. And I what what I think is interesting about that is that there's different variations on the story. So yes. some say that um, Mother Leeds, whose name was thought to be Deborah, was killed by the child. Some say she was spared. Some say that the midwife was killed instead. It really just depends on what variation that you read so the gist of the story is there but I think that the storytelling has changed over the past few centuries right I mean that's any any story right like as time goes the story's gonna change of course but uh, in excuse me around 1820 and I think this is just funny because of the name I didn't know Napoleon had a brother but apparently he did, and his name was Joseph. Uh, he was the elder brother of Napoleon. He claimed to see the Jersey Devil while hunting in his uh, or on his border town estate around 1820. Wow. And my only takeaway, of course, was Joseph. Joseph, just anticlimactic after Napoleon. Yeah, yeah after it's Napoleon. It's not the same. Yeah. And he was the older one, right? Yeah, he was That's the older one. That's going to suck. Sadly, that, that was my takeaway from that. But... <laughs> <laughs> We're going to name you Joseph, Joseph, but then Napoleon. Yeah. Just the Napoleon. Not dynamite. But I'm willing to bet Joseph uh, got the height. Yeah, because Napoleon, obviously. Yeah, we all know about that. He was dude. not a leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> he was a French leprechaun. Speaking of leprechauns, <laughs> so we, you know, we are talking about cryptids, and it's like not all of them are scary, man eating, pizza inhabiting cryptids. Like, we. <laughs> <laughs> We have <laughs> things that are on the nicer end, like the, or the the more like fantastical and magical ends, because you know we have unicorns. Those are cryptids. Ah yes. Mm-hmm. People, some people do believe they're unicorns. Some people have claimed to have found bone structures of horses with horns, and it's just like, mm-hmm. if I had to go with what I know about biology, I would say that's probably real. Not like unicorns being a species of their own, but like I think about people, people that are born with um, bone structures of like a tail or, you know, bone structures, you can be born with um, deviations than the typical genetic, you know, structure that we see. So it's possible that some horses are born with that bone bone structure kind of protruding, that bony structure in their um, head. So maybe, maybe that's a thing. Unicorns might be a thing. (laughs) <laughs> um, when we start to get so deviated, though, where we get like the Pegasus, where like, hey, this horse has wings, it can fly, then it's like, mm. it had Red Bull. <laughs> okay, maybe they're bone structure, <laughs> but I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> somebody will find a story. Yes. In the history of cryptids, I'm sure somebody's got a tail. Ah ha ha. Sorry. <laughs> It took my brain a second, and I was like, hang on, hang on, hang on. They have a tail. They have a tail. Um, I mean, and and that's the other thing. We're talking about a lot of these are, like, humanoid, right? A lot of them. And and all I can keep circling back to is the old-school carnivals, the old-school circuses, and people with, like, webbed feet, and people with, because I think we talked about the the one that has, like, the um, snake skin, or, like, the frog skin, the amphibian skin, and it's just, like, 
maybe these things are real, these anthropoid creatures. And like Bodhi said, well, if I look like that, I wouldn't want to be around people either. So it's just like maybe these creatures are real. They are people born with, again, this like genetic misalignment. And they're being hidden back. Like, because would you show off your baby with like snake skin i might because i think that's pretty fucking cool but <laughs> maybe not most people probably would not so is it possible i think when you have stuff where it's one-offs like this one creature or the jersey devil you know this one creature that looks like this maybe maybe it was a person that was born with these genetic deformities but when you have like bigfoot like i am seeing like people see bigfoot everywhere and he's all over the place like it's either he's traveling everywhere like he's a sightseeing boy or he's on tour. Maybe we, yes, he's on tour. <laughs> Bigfoot's on tour worldwide. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe there there is some kind of species. Parallel thinking. I think people really, when it comes down to it, the the animal we're most scared of is ourselves. Two legs, two arms, bigger yeah. than us. Maybe you know, she said. furrier. Oh <laughs> God, furrier than us. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, and some some of them might be real. You never know. In Appalachian Trail, there can be some of those backwoods families that have been doing their thing <laughs> for generations that we don't want to speak about. Just don't take the wrong turn. Right. The hills yep. have eyes. Stay well, and then there's radiation. You never know. There's yeah. lots of explanations. Yeah. Well, and the thing with that is I think – certain cryptids certain folklore legends whatever you want to call them they cause curiosity whereas others cause hysteria so going back to the jersey devil in 1909 there were several parts and within like a relatively close time span again we're seeing that common theme um and it got to the point where schools and work mills got shut down because people were so scared to leave and see this creature because they we're hearing these cries that were just unearthly and seeing these big old creatures swoop down and livestock was being slaughtered when, you know, they shouldn't have been, like, on the farms, things like that. And maybe that could be just attributed to, like, a wild animal, like a fox getting into a hen house, you know, things like that. But it's gotten to the point where in that time period, people were so scared that the world kind of stopped. Whereas... We hear cases about Bigfoot or Loch Ness, and people get excited. They want to know what's going on. So it's it's kind of like, where is that line drawn where, oh, this one we're interested in, but this one we're going to be scared of. I think it's based on the carcasses. If they're attributing <laughs> these creatures to carcasses, like, <laughs> well, we haven't found these mauled, you know, ripped apart, bloody sites next to bigfoot sightings like we're less afraid but when it's attributed to like all of these animal deaths livestock deaths and stuff like that then i could see like ooh, that's scary i could see that being a fear established thing i do sometimes think that folklore kind of takes off on its own and creates this hysteria because you saw that with the chupacabra it was one sighting with some dead goats and then it became everyone's terrified and it's all these livestock deaths are being attributed to this folklore so um it's almost like misattributing things like okay well my cow died too it was the chupacabra and it's just and then it, it spirals 
and it becomes bigger and like yeah I saw it too wait I saw it too and it's just like maybe they thought they saw it or because it's out there and it's impressionable mm-hmm. people are going to associate every little thing that's startling them to what's being said in that moment so like I did see something weird creeping through the forest it was the chupacabra I know it was so <laughs> yeah I don't know. it's less scary when you think you know what it is yes right exactly folklore is more culturally based so it has like a cultural background so i think that's relevant and should be taken into consideration like when we're talking about the chupacabra how this is in a certain culture how this is in a certain area and it's not as widespread as say these like quote-unquote monsters are where they're being found everywhere it's very centered which i don't know i think it's just i think it's interesting yeah, I think that just looking, I like to look at the cryptids and how they're being described in different areas because I feel like that's when you start to pull out the patterns. What are people seeing? Mm-hmm. What are they saying is happening? And then pull away the folklore from it. So like big dog or mangled corpses are being found or just trying to find what is the commonality, what's the common thread with all of these? What are people seeing? And then maybe then apply okay, what could that be? That really does require, though, pulling out the folklore, pulling out the lens of superstition and hysteria and just, like, Mm -hmm. what are they saying that they're seeing without all of that bias and, like, impression on it? What are they saying they see? What are they finding? Because maybe there is something there and not something supernatural because everything is supernatural until we prove it, right? Everything is magic until we prove it. So... You're going realistically Dana Scully on us. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Thank you. I take that as like a compliment. But um as you so should. I think everything like everything's possible to an extent. Just depending on what it's doing. Does it follow our laws of gravity and physics as we know it that everything has to apply to here? And then from there, it's a free for all. Maybe it could be possible. I'm not gonna say it is. I'm not gonna say it's real or proven, but maybe it could be possible. And with that said, do we have any last thoughts about cryptids, my friends? You uh, you gave me uh, nightmare material. It works for me. <laughs> You're welcome. Murderous otters. So if you wake up screaming at night, remember my name. <laughs> yes, I wake up most nights thinking about Ashley. Screaming, of course. <laughs> what? Of course. <laughs> Wait, am I screaming or you're screaming? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you said it. Perspective. It, like. it's, it's captured on tape forever. <laughs> oh, man, that was funny. Okay. The world may never know. The world may never know. We're going to leave it in the privacy of your bedroom. Okay. <laughs> what about... <laughs> I can't even. We'll never know. I can't fucking... I've said it before and I'll say it again. Murderous otters. <laughs> murderous, cuddly murderous Murders. otters. Yes. Cuddly. Seven feet. Seven feet. Possibly. Mm-hmm. Possibly. 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 We still don't know the the height of the person <laughs> that was mauled. Right. Grace. How much beer was involved? Grace. How, much, how many right. shrooms were involved? These are all important. How many wild places. mushrooms were yeah. eaten in the forest? There you go. Maybe the otter had rabies. Who knows? But Maybe. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scurvy. Maybe. Okay. Murderous otters. Murderous otters. Murderous otters. That's what she said. I think 
the important takeaway from this is that we can't just look at photographs and hear possible audio clips from a Bigfoot and say, yes, this is fact, which I don't think that a lot of people do. Um, Just kind of figuring out what's plausible, what could these cryptids actually be, are they actual creatures, or can we debunk them? Because I feel like a lot of being in the scientific field is disproving um, rather than proving. So I don't personally think that a four-foot humanoid frog is plausible. I don't think that its body structure can support the weight, support the structure of being bipedal, of being that large. So it's just taking in a sense of realism, can this happen? Can this body support this type of lifestyle? Things like that. And, and just taking into a bigger perspective, okay, what can't this be versus what can this be? I think is a very important distinction. And I'm going to challenge you that I think that's what's wrong with our science currently is we are in the business of disproving versus proving, which I think is what lends towards the supernatural explanations and the prevalence of like people getting hysterical. Mm -hmm. I think if we could come to the table a little differently with that shift of not necessarily proving like, yes, this exists as it is, but more so like, okay, what could this be? What is it that people are seeing? Because, for example, like the, the frog person who is not maybe able to skeletal-wise support its structure, but it's maybe not proving that that's a species. Maybe, again, that's a deformity. Mm-hmm. That is an exception. So maybe his body doesn't support that, but maybe he still is real. Um, we see, even in humans, um, babies born every day with like necks that can't support their head structure or um with miss miss you know length arms or covered in fur more than they usually are um because all babies are born with a layer of hair so it's just like there are things that happen that are deviations and so maybe what we're seeing when some of these creatures come along are deviations from the standard and so maybe just as our science grows Maybe instead of let's disprove anything that's not what we already know, because how do we grow if we're just, just, you know, this is what we know and this is hard facts. Instead being like, okay, what could this be? Maybe it's something we don't know. Mm -hmm. And if after at the end of the day we've done our experiments and we've done what we can, it's still like, yeah, that's not plausible. Then that's what we say. That's not plausible. But just automatically, I think, assuming is what gets us into trouble in our science. That's why the paranormal isn't taken seriously. That's why the supernatural isn't taken seriously. Because we're like, no, we already know what we know. So that can't be real. Yeah. I think if we broaden that scope a bit and say, maybe we just don't know. Let's try and figure it out. That might help. I don't know. And then we're less likely to say, it's the devil. (laughs) I can respect the challenge because I think as important as it is to disprove things in the scientific field, I think it is important to weigh your options and don't eliminate any possibilities until you know that you can and until you have that evidence or you have that data to support you. So I can respect I can respect the challenge. <laughs> I'll thank you. <laughs> what about you, John? Any last thoughts? I already gave my last thoughts. Murderous otter. Murderous otter. Okay. Well, a murderous otter. That's right. So 
Thank you so much, um, Lila and Bodhi, for coming on. We appreciate you coming on to the show so much. This was such a great episode. Bodhi, what projects or um, things would you like to plug before we end? Yes, well, I like having a balance of skepticism and openness, and I deal in the realm of imagination, and uh, I love to create creatures in my mind and put them to paper. So on that note, you can find my novel, Northport 1999, uh, exclusively on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Bodhi the Movie Maker. You can learn more about uh, that book that I wrote a screenplay on that just got selected. See whether or not I won an award, because I will have or will not have by the time you hear this, at BodhiWerner.com. And thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me on. It's been spooktacular, crazy fun. Can't wait to see some <laughs> interesting things in my dreams. Won't let you know if it's a nightmare or not. Screaming will for sure be involved. Oh, my, my goodness. I thought you were going to be the one doing the raunchy jokes, but it turns out I took yes. your place. Yes. I love this. I love when I'm not the only one. <laughs> well, thank you both so much for coming on to the episode this was a great time john bring us home thank you everybody for tuning into three haunted podcast with your host i'm john thomas i am ashley lerner goddess <laughs> and thank you again to our special guests and for any of our listeners if you have any questions comments or episode suggestions please email us at three haunted podcast at gmail.com and if you haven't done so already, please be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to our social medias. You don't want to miss one crazy moment. Until next time.